right, so we want to thank God for all those. As everyone knows, we do have a, a online audience. We have those that um, that join us from all all over the world, really, who 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 uh, follow our ministry. We have for those who don't know that is listening through the recording and through the podcast and the sermons or whatnot that we have over 35,000 people that follow Fire Realm, follow our social media uh and and um and we constantly get uh just comments and emails or things like that from people from all over, all over the world, the United States and abroad, even international that say how they were blessed from our ministry. So we want to welcome you today, and for all those that's listening, please know that we have a website, FireRealmGlobal.com, that you can download free resources, and also where you can be able to give uh, financially. You can you can um, pay your tithe, or you can give offerings to this ministry. And we believe here at the Fire Realm that if you sow much, you will reap much. Meaning that if the Bible says that if you sow, sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. So please know that your, your giving is not in vain. You're not giving to a man. You're not giving to just a ministry. You're giving to the work of God. So we can continue to do what we do here in the fire room, which is preach the gospel and continue to further the gospel through any means social media. Uh, and as a gift for you, when you be, when you uh, give to this ministry, we'll send you a free gift uh, where we would like to give you a gift from this ministry. We have gift packages that we would like to bless you with. Uh, we also have a bookstore. Uh, we experienced a lot of uh, technical difficulties with our bookstore, but for all those that you want to uh, uh, purchase any books that we have, please send us an email for now. But you will see it on the website. You will see it on Fire Realm uh, website where you can be able to uh, 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 purchase books, hard copy books that we'll mail off to you. In any area of your life, when it deals with relationships or the anointing, uh, the more you study on an area, the better that you'll have an understanding and you'll grow in the area. So you got to want to make sure that you're taking the time to go out your way to study uh, certain topics that God is leading you to uh, touch on. So here at the Fire Realm, uh, we have that available. We also have a prayer CD available. It's absolutely free. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can be able to listen to that uh, during your prayer time. It's about 30 to 40 minutes long that you could play in the morning or whenever, <clears throat> or excuse me, whenever you're in your prayer time. You can take advantage of that. Uh, my wife, Golden, she also has her album out. Uh, we thank God for that. You can download that as well. It's on iTunes, um, all platforms, Amazon, uh, YouTube, so many places you can purchase that. It is available for purchase. So we're doing a lot of things here at the Fire Room, and we're truly excited for what God is doing and for what God is about to do. And we thank God for all those that's involved in uh, this ministry. So I uh, just wanted to say some quick announcements and a welcome call for all those that's listening. But without, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into the word today. And I'm going to say a prayer before we get into the word of God. 
I hope you have your pencil and pads ready as uh, I begin to teach the word this morning. So, Father God, we just thank you, Lord, today. We thank you for your word. I pray that all those listening this morning, they may be blessed by your word and hear what you're saying, and that they may walk in your word and not just be a hearer of your word. Lord, we cannot enjoy the benefits of the word of God if we don't do the word of God. Father God, I pray for strength to do the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, there was a quote that was, there was something that my wife said uh, the other day, and I thought it was so powerful. We was having a discussion. We always discuss the word of God, and um, iron sharpened iron. You know, she be preaching to me and I be preaching to her, <laughs> you know, and um, we she, she says something that really stood out to me and it was very, very powerful when she what she quoted, because I knew that it wasn't just something she's just saying. I knew that the Holy Spirit was all over that, that, uh, that um, what she said. Basically, we were having a discussion. We was talking about we was talking about the word of God and we was talking about the benefits of the word of God and how your life changes. Every area of your life changes when it comes to the word. And she said this. This is what she said that stood out to me, that here it is. God speaks instructions and it's so easy to, to, it's so it's so easy in what God is saying, but yet it's so hard because of because a lot of people um, we 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 how can I say this we we have a struggle with doing what God is saying to get the results that we want, and and we was and we was actually talking. We were talking about what we were talking about was uh uh fin we was talking about finances and we was talking about having a blessed life and things like that. But but it's it's crazy to me and I I, I mean how we were, because we was discussing and how God wants to give us a rest. He wants us to rest, he wants us to enjoy his presence and let him move. And it's so easy with some of the things that God is telling us to do. It is so easy. But yet we make it so, so hard. And that really sh shook me and stood out to me when I heard that. Because it made me think about, um, it made me think about some of the instructions that God has given us to do. Some of the things that God has, some of us, God has told us to do. It's a very simple instruction. But why is it so hard? It's not that God is making it hard. It's that we ourselves as people, we make God's instruction so hard. Why? Because either we don't want to give up something or we're having a struggle to do it. But whatever it is that we want from God or we want God to do, he'll always give you and I first an instruction. And it's when we give up our will and what we want to do. That's when we experience his peace. So that's not, that's just an opener 
this morning because this message is called living a prosperous life. Living a prosperous life, that's what this message is called. It will be available for all those listening for you to download. And um, and I'm going to first give you the definition of prosperity. Why it's so important to get definitions? Because what definitions do, they cause you to see the fullness of the word that God is speaking. That's why it's important to have a Bible dictionary. If you, For some of us, if you're really serious about the word of God, It'll, it, there's no way you would not have a Bible dictionary. So that should be your study tool. You need a Bible dictionary because some of some of the names that God gives people in the Bible, they mean something. Some of the places that God gives that God talks about in the word of God, they mean something. All right. I don't have time to go into that. But but if you're a true study of the word, you need to get a Bible dictionary, download it to your phone or purchase it at a Christian bookstore, it will be a great benefit to you. But um, but here's, here's what prosperity means. Prosperity, by definition, is a successful, flourishing, or thriving condition, especially in financial respects. It also means good fortune. All right, I'm going to say that again. Prosperity is a successful, flourishing, or thriving condition, especially in financial respects and good fortune. So when we talk about living a prosperous life, you can live life, but the question is, are you living life prosperously? Which means that are you successful? Are you flourishing, thriving, even in your financial life? Do you have good fortune? In other words, do good things take place in your life? Okay, are you living this type of life? All right? You see a lot of people, they live life, but they don't live a prosperous life. For example, you ever seen someone that it's they live life, but they're always angry all the time. They always bitter all the time. They always have no, something negative to say about someone else. What happens? You don't really want to be around that person too long, do you? Why? Because that person is not living prosperously. Their relationships are not successful. Their emotions are not successful. Mentally, they're not successful. In other words, they can't sleep at nights. They all, their mind is always racing. If you are a Christian and you're a believer and you're dealing with these things, you are not living a prosperous life. And God has a problem with that. Let me go on further in the scripture and I'm going to show you what, how God desires us to live a life of prosperity. We can see this very clearly in the scripture, in the word of God, how God feels about your life and why God wants you to live a prosperous life. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2 says this, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So 
This is one scripture showing that God doesn't just care about your spiritual prosperity. He cares about you prospering in every area of your life. In your health. He speaks about your health. So, so, so if your spiritual life, if you're having a struggle with your spiritual life and hearing God, you're not prospering spiritually. But God wants you to prosper. If you're having a struggle with your health or whatnot, and you think that God wants you to just stay sick and not seek him about your health, then you're not then then you're not prospering in your health. Because you haven't invited God in your health. If you're if you're in your life, you're 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 you're, you're looking at your life and you're seeing failure after failure after failure. And you haven't involved God in your life in why these failures are happening so you can get a clear word from God. You are not prospering in your life. Therefore, you're not successful. You won't flourish and you will not be in a thriving condition, especially in financial respects. Just like the definition clearly says. Here's another one. John chapter 10 verse 10. The th Jesus said this. He said the thief cometh not. But for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they, may, they might have a life. And that they might have it more abundantly. Which means running over. So Jesus made very clear. He didn't come to steal from you. He didn't come to be a thief in your life. He didn't come to steal, to, to, to kill or destroy. That's not him. He said he came that you may have life. And what? Have it more abundantly, which means running over. So if you're noticing that areas of your life has been destroyed, your relationships have been destroyed. Things in your life has been destroyed. Or killed. Your dreams have been killed. Your certain goals have been killed. Your spiritual life has been killed. And, or you've been stolen from. Right? These are not God. These things that's taken place. In and around your life. Because you refuse to get a word from God. And what he's saying. Watch this. Your life is open for the thief. For the murderer. And for the destroyer. I want to really hit this for a second because this is why Jesus came. So if you're noticing in your life these areas that I'm talking about, you got to be honest with yourself. It's not enough. You know, I see a lot of people and they say, oh, I'm saved. But when I look at their financial lives, their finances are destroyed. Their health is destroyed. Mentally, they can't sleep at night. They, they, they worry all the time. There's a lot of stress in their life. Their relationships are filled with heartbreak and pain and these type of things. But yet they, they're in church and they say that they're Christian. Guess what? These people don't understand that you can be in the house of God and you can be a Christian and you can be saved. But because of your ignorance... And not knowing what God says in his word about these areas, you will not live a prosperous life. Now, why is that so important? Because there's a scripture that says, 
in the word of God, my God says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. He didn't say that the devil uh, 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 is what destroyed his people. No, he didn't. He didn't say that demons is what destroyed his people. No, he didn't. He said that my people, which means Christian people, saved, the people who say that they, they, they serve God. He said my people perish because of lack of knowledge. So because they don't know how God feels about living a prosperous life, they never get the knowledge about living a prosperous life. So therefore, they open up their lives for the thief, for the murderer, and for the destroyer. Now, now when I say murder, I don't mean like someone who come to murder you. No, I'm talking about you, 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 your dreams can be murdered. Your goal, your spiritual life can be killed. You know, that's what I'm, I'm you know, I want to speak it in context. So I'm talking about the enemy here. What we what, what we see happening in our lives. So, so going to the next point, how, how to walk in prosperity? That's the question. Okay, I recognize that I, I'm, I'm not really living a prosperous life in areas of my life. So how do I walk in prosperity? Well, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, Joshua felt the same way. He was a military leader. In the word of God. And he had to lead God's people into victory. And here's what God said. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This is one of the keys to the first step. To walk in prosperity. It says this book of law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So in other words, it's very clear what God said that the book of the law, the word of God that he was given to Joshua, he don't want it to depart out of his mouth. God said that he wants him to meditate, which means think about over and over, day and night. He said that he wants him to observe it, to look at it constantly, so he can do all that was written in it. He also said that if you do this, it's only then you will make your way, what? Prosperous. He said it's only then that you would, what? Have good success. You will not just have success, but you will have good success. That means running over. In other words, that, don't, that means that instead of, for example, passing with a C for the class, you would get an A plus or B. That's running over. Some of us, when it comes to our college or our school or our jobs, we just do enough to get by. And you think that God is pleased with that. No, he's not. God wants you to go above and beyond. Because why? He wants you to have good success in any area of your life. So, so what is the hindrance here? Why did God tell Joshua these, about these areas of his life so he can have success? Because these are the areas 
that was going to hinder him. That was going to slow him down. One of the areas that would slow him down is his mouth. That God said he don't want this word to depart from his mouth because your mouth can steal your own blessing from you. Have you ever seen people that got a bad mouth? They're always talking about people behind their back. But yet, when these same people enter into problems of their lives, they want to go back to those same people that they talked about. No, it doesn't work like that. Because those same people are going to say, well, you were talking about me last week. Now you need my help? No, I'm not going to help you. So in other words, your mouth can get you in trouble. Also, when it comes to God, God is watching your mouth. Is your mouth getting you in trouble with God? This is what's stopping you from a prosperous life. Also, God said to Joshua, be careful with your mind. In other words, meditate on the word day and night. Think about it day and night. Your mind and your thoughts and what you think about can stop you from living a prosperous life. So some of us, you got to watch how you're thinking. Is your thinking wrong concerning the word of God and how you see God? Some of us, it's your, it's your mind that's the problem. Here's another one. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That means your study habits. Some of us, are you studying the word of God or are you just listening on Sundays or just listening when you get a chance to the podcast or the messages in this recording? Your study habits. Do you, do you take notes and go back and study this word for yourself so you can get the, 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 the deeper knowledge of what God is saying to you? Because you, if you don't do that, you're not observing to do all. You're not observing. Which What does observe mean? Uh, looking deep into. So your study habits. If you notice. Then thou. Sh that it says. That thou mayest observe to do according to, to all that is written therein. That means your deeds. What you do. Your greatest hindrance is what you're doing. Where your feet are going. So, these are the areas of hindrance that God spoke to Joshua to be careful about. Your mouth, your mind, your study habits, and your deeds. You got to watch these areas. Or these very areas will stop you from living a prosperous life. So, so now that we, so we see here, this is the first step to walk in prosperity, right? So, so we see the areas, we see these areas. Now, the next question is this. What are you doing with what God has given you? Some of us may say, oh, well, God hasn't given me anything. Well, I got news for you. God has given you something. He has. And he's watching to see what you're doing with what he has given you. What, so here's what he has given you. You may, have, you may not notice these in your life. Whenever you're listening to this, God has given you something in your life right now that you're not paying attention to. He has. Some of the things that we're praying about or you're begging God about, God about, or you're, you're concerned about, 
God has already answered you. How? Because he has, he has, he has given you something already in your life and he wants to, he wants to see what you're doing with it. Here's some of the things that God has given you. And I encourage you to write these down because this is what's going to be able to help you to determine what God is really saying in your life. And this is good. Do you know God has given you and I time? He's given you time. In other words, I heard a man of God say this is so powerful. Time is like, it's like a currency. It's like money. It's, it's life's money. Time. Do you know how many people in the grave would trade anything right now just, to, just for you to trade in your currency, your time with them? Do you know how many old people who are on the verge of passing away would trade in anything, their money, millions, just to be able to have the time that you have? Some of us, you're young. You're 18, you're 20, you're 35 years old, whatever time, whatever age that you are, God has given you a whole lot of life money. Life's money is this. Life's money is time. You got a lot of time on your hands. God has put time in your hands, but the question is, what are you doing with it? He's already given, God has given you Something already. And he's watching what you're doing with it. Here's another thing that God has given you. Some of us, God has given you money. And he's watching what you're doing with it. Hey, so, 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 and some of us may say, oh, but I have, I don't have a lot of money. I just have $5, $10. Well, do you know if you go to another country like Zambia, who, where they have a billion dollar bill, do you know your $5 will turn into $5 billion over there? Because you're used to America and the currency that's in America, God is looking at you where I have given you literally billions in your $5. If you take that same billions to a whole nother country, you'll be a billionaire. But you're looking at the money that God has given you as nothing. So I don't care if it's $5 or a dollar, your quarter is worth something to God. So God has given us money. Your relationships, some of us, God has given you relationships. You have a mother, you have a father. Do you know how many people would dream of having a mother and a father? You know how many people would dream of just being able to have siblings? Some of them are orphans in this world. And God has given you relationships. Here's another thing that God has given you. Opportunity. Some of us, you are ignoring the opportunities that God has given you. God has given you opportunity. Do you know when you're working at a job, that's an opportunity? Do you know when you have a business, that's an opportunity? Do you know when God opens up a door for you and, and you get favor with your teacher or something like that? You, that's an opportunity. God has given you something already. And, but he's watching how are you handling what he has given you. 
So let me go into the scripture and show you what I'm talking about. We're going to hit two sides of this. I'm going to show you an example of someone who used their time, money, relationships, and opportunity. They used wisely what God put in their hands. And I'm going to show you what God did for this person. It's in Acts chapter 10. And I'll read it. I'll read it here. And we're going to go through together. In Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. I'm going to read the whole thing here. And I uh, hope you follow along. It says, There was a man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of, of the band, called the Italian band. A devout, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms, which means giving, I'm sorry, which means offerings, to the people and prayed to God always. He saw a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God came into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine arms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. So here it is, a man named Cornelius has this experience, right? And... He sees this angel, and this angel tells him about Peter and how his giving, which means his offerings, have come up before God as a memorial, and God responded to him. Now, here it is, Cornelius, he had time, which means that he set his time aside for prayer. He had money, which we see because he gave to the people and gave to God. For his relationships because it looked like he was a people person. And opportunity, which means he took advantage of the people and opportunities that was around him. And look what God did. God made a memorial in heaven for him. That means God said, we got to have a celebration and set a time aside to celebrate this man. So that shows you something about God. That he watches how we use our time, money, relationships, and opportunity. And he responds according to how we use it. Let me read the following verse. Verse 9. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city... I'm reading, I'm sorry, I'm reading in this English standard, standard Version. And approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. 
But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now when Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who's, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And when Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down, and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. So we see what's going on here. Peter, he has this vision, and he's trying to figure out what this vision means. And the Spirit of God speaks to him about the men that Cornelius sends to him. So, that shows us that God speaks very clearly. He's very clear in what he's saying to you. You don't have to guess and wonder. Let's read on further. And Peter went down to the men and said, uh, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who was well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guest. The next day he rose and went away with them. And some of the brothers from Jephthah accompanied him. And the following day... They entered Caesarea, and Cornelius was expecting them, and had called together his relatives and close friends. And when Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone from an, of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me. And Cornelius said, four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your arms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa, Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. 
He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner, by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now therefore we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So we can see that it was a custom for Peter, who was a Jew, not to associate himself with anyone from another nation. So that tells us that God is no respecter of person. That just like he could do for one person, he could do for another, not even based on nationality. Not based on where you're from, where you've been. But it's based on your heart and your living before God. See, you see a lot in that, of that in our society today. You see a lot of people because of race, because of gender, because of ethnicity, or where they're from, others think they're higher than someone else. Well, I got news for you. I got news for us. When we all stand before God, which we all will, because every man will die one day. They can't control that. God, and God will judge every single man. Even the men that judge others for any other reason as far as race, where they're from, or what nation they're from. God is going to, I got news for you, old man. God is going to judge you by how you've lived your life. And oh, what a sad day it would be if you were prejudiced or you felt some type of way from because someone was from another nation or then they don't look like you. God says that you better fear him because he's going to judge you by those deeds. So let me read on further. Verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, which means no favoritism. Verse 35, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And, and we all are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Verse 44, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. 
Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water from for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. So here it is. They were amazed that God respected the time, money, and relationships and opportunity that these men used their lives for. And he gave them his Holy Spirit. So, watch, so I want to highlight that. Look how God responded to this man who used his time, money, relationships, and opportunity for God. Look what he did. Look at the response that God made. God sent someone from a whole other nation to visit him because he was he had so much favor on Cornelius. So some of us, even this listening, you're wondering why is it that God is not having that type of favor on my life because you're not doing much with your time, your money, your relationships, your opportunity. If you are, you're not doing what God desires you to do. And you have to analyze your life here. Let me go through time for a second. That means that the time that you have, are you setting time aside to read the Word of God, the Bible? Some of us, you know, you just take time at home. It'll be nice. Maybe, maybe go to the beach to read your Bible or a park or somewhere you enjoy. Don't just... Fall into the same old routine. You know, go a place you enjoy and study the word of God. Where your heart can be in the right place. Where you can be at rest. Some of us, you may be in chaotic atmospheres. So you got to use your time that God has given you wisely. Another, another one, your money. Are you giving your tithe, which is, which is 10% of whatever income that comes into your life? Are you giving it to God, your local church? Offering, which means that's more than 10%. Some people give offering. Like I myself, I, I give tithe and offering. There's different types of things you can do with your money. You can give, you, can, you don't have to just stick to tithe. You can say, God, I want to be like Cornelius. I want to give in abundance, which means I want to give tithe and an offering. Anything above 10%. There's such things as goodwill and love offerings. Some of us should study that. I myself have given love offerings. You know, where, where, where it wasn't my tithe. I just felt like, you know what, I, I just want to bless the ministry. I just want to bless the kingdom of God. There's such thing as honor offerings. Where you may give financially to, the, to your local church or your spiritual leaders. Honor offerings. That is scripture. You know, I remember times where my spiritual fathers, that God has used in my life, I said, you know what? I just want to sow a seed. I just want to sow an offering, give financially a specific amount to my spiritual leaders as a special offering to the Lord because I appreciate what God has used them to do in my life. See, some of us, you don't know about this, but God is teaching you today. You need to go and study in his word about tithe, about offering, about goodwill and love offerings, about honor offerings. 
I know that I know that there are many in the church. Well, well, uh, false. I would call them false preachers and false teachers who they have misused these scriptures, but God would deal with them. But if you're if you're learning from either this ministry or whatever your local church is, you need to honor where you where you're receiving the blessing of the Lord over your finances. So your money, what are you doing with your money, your relationships? Some of us. The relationships that God has given you, you may need to go out your way to get to know others. If God has put new believers around your life, are you stepping out to get to know them? You say, hey, you know what? I see you in church all the time. You know, let's just hang out or let's just, you know, talk about the word of God. You know, where you can where you can get to know other Christians, step out of your comfort zone. What are you doing with your relationships? Here's another one. Are you separating yourself from spiritually toxic people? If you notice that every time you talk to an individual or you're around an individual, that they're, they, they downplay your spiritual life or make it hard for you, you need to separate yourself. What are you doing with the relationships that you have around you? God is calling some of you to separate yourself. The Here's another one. The opportunities... The job opportunities, the business, the open doors God is giving you. If God is opening up doors for you, what are you doing with those new opportunities? Are you taking advantage of them or are you just allowing them to blow over? You know, I see people, especially in the house of God, they want to live a prosperous life, but they never show up for what their local church is doing. In other words, they, they, they don't show up for events. They don't show up when God is given an opportunity to, to, to an opportunity to serve others beside themselves. And therefore, they ignore the opportunities to serve others that God is bringing across their way in their, through their local church. So, so I'm going to prove to you how God also feels about these things. And I'm going to close on these scriptures. The reason why I highlighted that God has given you something and what are you doing with it in your life. And we hit these areas of time, money, relationships and opportunity is because God is a wise businessman for some of us who don't know. Yes, he is. God is a businessman? What do you mean? Yes, he is. He's a businessman. God expects something in return for his investment. I'll give you an example. He invested his son into the earth. He expects a return on that investment. What is that return? He expects people to receive his investment, which is his son, Jesus Christ. And when you, he doesn't receive an invest, he doesn't receive a return on his investment. What happens? He gets angry because he sacrificed his investment and he's not receiving a return for it. I'm going to show you in the scripture in Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 to 30 what I mean. In Matthew 25 verses 14 to 30, God do, Jesus Christ begins to describe uh, what the kingdom of heaven is like. What heaven, what God, what the kingdom of God is all about. And he gives a story to describe 
how his kingdom works. And this is, this is the story that he tells. He tells a story which is called the parable of the talents. Which a talent at that time was a coin that was worth a lot of money. A talent, for example, can buy goods, can buy groceries at that time. And this is the story that he told to describe how God's kingdom, how God's kingdom works. Verse 14 says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, to another he, two, to another one, to each according to his ability, then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five, five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22. And he also who and he also who had the two talents came forward saying master you delivered to me two talents here i have made two talents more his master said to him well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful over a little i will set you over much enter into the joy of your master he also who had the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gather where I have not, where I scattered no seed. You ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents for two Everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into utter darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I read that because, and I'm going to close here, that we can see very clear that how the parallel with this story matches how God feels about our lives. He gives how this master gave these servants time, money, 
relationships, opportunity. How do we know that? Because they had a certain amount of time, money to to have more relationships with other people and take advantage of opportunities so they can turn the five talents into five more and they can take the two talents and turn into two more. But this servant didn't take advantage of his time, the money and the relationships and opportunity that he has. How do we know that? Because the master said, even if you didn't take the talents and, in, and did what you want with it, why didn't you take it to the men who were bankers? Why didn't you have go out there and establish some new relationships so at least I can make some type of money on my return? That's how the master felt in verse 27. So the master was very, was very angry and he took what that servant had and he gave it to the others. So what does that tell you about God? God, he gives you time, money, relationships, opportunity. And when you don't use it, He'll take what you have and give it to another. How do we know that? Do you know how many people are in the graves right now? That have lived their whole lives for themselves and didn't accomplish what God wants them to accomplish. So you know what God did? He, he used somebody else to write the book that they should have written. He used somebody else to, to establish the church that he wanted them to establish. He skipped that generation and he used someone else and said, all right, for example, even, even me personally, I think about this sometimes. How many, how many men and women of God, because they weren't obedient, God said, all right, Jason, I'm going to give it to you. Because this was not my plan for all those who's listening. I didn't say one day, you know what, I'm going to be this pastor. Or I'm going to be this prophet or preacher of the word of God or businessman, whatever you want to call, you know, whatever title that. I have. I didn't wake up and accept that Christ and said I was going to do this. No. God began to reveal his will for my life as I began to seek him. But I wonder which servants of the Lord didn't do what God called them to do. And God skipped them and said, Jason, I'm giving it to you. I want you to do it. Because according to the scripture, this tells me that God's characteristic is that if you don't use your time, money, relationships, opportunities wisely, he'll skip you and give it to somebody else. And according to verse 30, the Bible says some of those people are in hell right now because of how they live their lives. In verse 30, he said, he'll cast the worthless servants into, into darkness and where there's into a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, which means hell, according to the scripture. So, so, so God is a businessman. So, so we need to analyze our lives and see, okay, the, 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 the time that God has given you. These are talents, just like these servants. He, you need to invest your time wisely. Invest in your relationships wisely. Your money wisely, your opportunities wisely, because God wants these things to multiply and be in abundance. That's what the abundance, that's what the abundant and prosperous life is. The abundant and prosperous life is, is, is not just you reading your Bible, but no, it's taking, it's taking what God has given you and multiplying it. 
multiplying it so it can become an abundance. Because guess what? God says in verse 29, what you have multiplied, he'll make it abundant. He wants, God is looking to multiply your life. You know, I've seen where God is, he's a redeemer of the time. Do you know that God wants to, when you use your time wisely for God, do you know God will multiply your time so you can have an abundance? You know, I've seen people that say, oh, Jason, it looks like you never grow old, man. Like you look so young, bro. And, and I tell them, man, it's the glory of God. You know why? God will restore your youth. Have you ever seen people who are so stressed in life and it looks like they aged bad and you're wondering what happened to you? You're 40 years old, but you look 70 here. What's going on with them? They have not invested their time wisely. And because they have not invested their time for God, God can't multiply their time. So therefore, it looks like 20 years was cut from their lives. There's another scripture in the word of God. Do you know that God, even in the scripture, I heard a woman of God say this so powerful. She turned 70. Uh, this woman of God said that I, I would claim she claimed the promises of God for herself. She was a she's a great servant of the Lord. And she claimed the promise of God where it says God promised you 70 years. And she said, I held God to that promise and I. And I pressed in for it and, and followed the word of God. And she reached her 70th birthday. I was there and I, I mean, I celebrated with her. And uh, great, powerful woman of God. And um, God multiplied her time for his work. See, 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 your money. Some of us, if you, you're looking for God to multiply your money, but you're not, you're not investing your money in God's kingdom. What do you think God is going to do with your money if you're not following what he said about the talents? Your relationships. Some of us, you want divine connections. You ever seen in the body of Christ? We like to quote it. Oh, Lord is sending me divine connections. Oh, thank you, Lord. They're speaking in tongues and, uh, uh, and they're going down the line when the preacher makes the altar call. And they're saying, oh, God is giving me divine connections. I want the divine connections, Jesus. But yet... They're not investing in the relationships that God has given them. Do you know when you pray for those that God has put in your life, that's investing into your relationships? Do you know when you say that I want to minister the gospel to somebody else? I want to preach the gospel to someone who doesn't know about Jesus Christ. Do you know you're investing in relationships? And God will put more trustworthy relationships around you i don't care if it's some of you may some of you looking for five six seven ten friends but it may be that one friendship that's what you need because that friend i guarantee you that god relationship is is the person that god is going to use to get you to your destiny who cares if you got 10 people around you who care nothing about you? I'd rather have two or one person around me who can encourage me into God and I can accomplish what God has said for my life than have 10 false friends who are toxic to my spiritual life. 
So some of us, you need to get out this Americanized fairy tale where you want all these people to like you. No, I no invest into the relationship. I don't care if it's one person. I don't care if it's your, 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 your one person that you trust in your life. God has given you all that you need to get to your destiny. What are you doing with that relationship that God has placed in your life? The opportunities. Some of us, you got job and, or school or, or opportunities, business, whatever it is. What are you doing with the talents, with the, with the opportunities that God has given you? That's why God can't multiply more opportunities in your life. Because you're not using wisely what God has given you. So that's the word for today. I hope it blessed you. But I also hope... That it calls you to evaluate your life. It's not, as you can see through this message today, it's not enough for you to just listen to the word of God. It's not. It's not enough for you to just hear one sermon and think that you're just going to walk into all these blessings. No, you're believing a lie. And I'm going to pop that bubble for you so you won't waste your time that God has given you. One sermon... It's not just going to poof, everything changes. If you do not analyze your life and seek God constantly to make sure the, to, so, so you can take advantage of what God has given you through the sermon that God is preaching, you will not live a prosperous life. And God doesn't want that for you. God doesn't want you like so many religious people in our churches today to sit there after 10 years and still be sick, still be, be just going through, going through and stressed. And you don't know what God is doing in your life. Don't know where God is taking you. Here's a, here's a, here's is a, 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 a key I'm going to give you today. So you can kind of see where you are spiritually. If, if I were to ask you, what is God doing in your life this year or in this season? If you cannot answer that question, that is proof that you need to download this message and listen to it 10, 20, 30 times if you have to. And go through and do an inventory of your life and realize you have a serious problem. If you do not know what God is saying to you, if you don't know what God is doing this year in your life, you are wasting your time. And God doesn't want you to waste your time because God wants you to live a prosperous life. 